0: is our lens this year during Advent here in the gathering. And the reason I wanted that to be our lens is because for me, in a lot of ways, that's what this season feels like. As we make our, you know, as we kind of inch our way to the manger through this month of December. It feels to me like we are making our way home. A place that we can rest, a place that that will feel whole, a place of safety, a place where we can trust that God will meet us. A place that, if you're like me, feels a whole lot like home. So, the first Sunday of Advent, we talked about coming home to peace. Last Sunday, we talked about what it might look like for us as a people of faith to come home to hope. And this Sunday, this is the third Sunday of Advent, a Sunday that we typically call Gaudet Sunday, which is the Latin word for joy. This is the Sunday where we light the candle of joy, where we sing about rejoicing, and we read a scripture about rejoicing, as you will see. And so this morning, we're going to talk a little bit about what it might look like for us as a people of faith to come home to joy as a child coming home to joy during christmas is easy isn't it or at least when i think back on my childhood i realize how easy it was for me to come home to to joy and that's how it's supposed to be when we're kids right I mean, all kinds of stuff brought me joy during my childhood Christmases. I remember homemade hot apple cider, homemade Christmas cookies, and I remember just my mind being blown by all of the Christmas cookies that were on on the counter. That original Clay Motion Rudolph movie, that brought me joy when I was, when I was a child. It still kind of does. Our family Christmas plays that we would put on on Christmas Eve that we would write ourselves, that brought me a lot of joy. And if I'm going to be honest, there were quite a few very questionable plot lines that, that we put on that told the story of, of Christmas. My Santa collection on my dresser that I had as a child that I still have today, that still brings me a little bit of joy, but it brought me much more joy as as a child. And if we're going to be honest, is there a higher peak of joy than Christmas morning for anyone under 10 years old? Like, it, it, does it get any better than that? I was talking to my wife, Madison, about that. And she was saying that her and her brother every year would open a gift on Christmas Eve. And it would be a movie that her parents would give them. And the rule was they had to watch it twice on Christmas morning before they could come and wake them up. So they would start watching it literally at like 3 a.m. on Christmas morning. So she was like, yeah, one year I remember it was Freaky Friday. So we watched Freaky Friday twice before we could go get my parents up. Is there anything better than coming home to joy as, as a child? Now, I know some of you that, that know me better than others may find this hard to believe, and I, I think the beard probably does help a little bit with this, but I am actually no longer a child. I, I am an adult by all accounts, and I know this for a couple of reasons. Two of them are because I have an escrow account. I feel like that's a very adult thing to have. And this past week, I had a couple of phone calls with my health care provider. So if that doesn't qualify me as an adult despite my maturity level, then I don't know, I don't know what does. But if we're being honest, right? With that turn into adulthood and with the stressors that we inherit in life, as our life begins to become more complicated, it just gets harder to come home to joy during this season. And I have a feeling that I'm not alone in that feeling that for some reason it's much more difficult for us as adults than it is for us as kids to truly release our circumstances during a season like this and, and just come home to joy. Just have a moment where we can truly experience the joy that is this season with the coming of Christ and all that we do around it to make sure that that we realize it and feel it every year anew. My guess is that, is that there has to be something in your life this season of Advent, right? Some circumstance, some situation, some problem, something on your to-do list, something that's causing you stress or anxiety, something that is affecting, directly affecting your ability to come home to joy this season. And if that's true, then, then you're like me in the sense that, i really needed the words from the prophet isaiah that we're going to read this morning so so let's read it together we're in isaiah chapter 35 and we're going to read the first 10 verses together verses 1 through 10 the wilderness and the dry land shall be glad the desert shall rejoice and blossom like the crocus it shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it. The majesty of Carmel and Sharon, they shall see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of our God. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are of a fearful heart, be strong. Do not fear. Here is your God. He will come with vengeance, with terrible recompense. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. And the lame shall leap like deer and the tongue of the speechless will sing for joy. For the waters shall break forth in the wilderness in streams in the desert. The burning sand shall become like a pool and the thirsty ground springs of water. The haunt of jackals shall become a swamp. The grass shall become reeds and rushes. A highway will be there. And it shall be called the holy way. The unclean shall not travel on it, but it shall be for God's people. No traveler, not even fools, shall go astray. No lion shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast come upon it. They shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. They will be glad. They will rejoice. This is the word of God for the people of God, and we say together, thanks be to God. This week, reading that scripture, I was reminded of something that I remembered reading about in the news a couple of years ago called the California Superbloom. Have you all ever heard of that? Oh man, I'm excited. Okay, one person, a couple of people. I'm excited to tell you about it if you've never heard of it. The California Superbloom. Okay. So, about once every 10 years or so, something called the Superbloom happens in California. And a Superbloom is an outbreak of wildflowers during blooming season that exceeds the norm by about 10 to 20 times how many flowers normally bloom during that season. In fact, it is so big that you can actually see it from space. I want Jason to throw this picture up there. So that is a picture from space of the California mountains during this super bloom that happens. I mean, you can see the colors are are everywhere. What's even more interesting about this super bloom is that you can't tell from space, but I have another picture that's from the ground. When you're on the ground and you're looking at it, you can see that this super bloom actually happens in the desert can you see those desert sands that are around the flowers so from space it just looks like lush greenery when whenever this super bloom happens but if you're actually there on the ground you can see that this bloom all of these wildflowers sprout up all at the same time in the middle of the desert in california So on the ground, it looks like rolling hills of color as far as you can see right on the edge of the desert. So I love to kind of get in the weeds, no pun intended, of of things like this. So I'm going to tell you because I want you to know about why this only happens every 10 years or so, because I think it's really interesting. All of these stars have to align in the perfect way for this super bloom To And here's what I mean by that. There has to be a big gap between these blooms time-wise because there has to be time for these seeds to accumulate under the soil. And there also has to be a season of of dormancy for the seeds before they can all sprout. And then they have to be able to all wake up at exactly the same time during exactly the same season of, of blooming. Now, how does that happen? Well, I'm going to tell you, right? For them all to wake up at the same time, there has to be some droughts that choke out any invasive species first and then just before the bloom there has to be an abnormally high level of rain for the wildflower seeds but then that needs to be followed by some colder weather to be sure to lock in the moisture to the soil which kind of leads you to see right if there's too much rain then it's going to wash the seeds away but if there's too little rain, there's not going to be enough moisture for all of the seeds to sprout at the same time. If it's too hot, the seeds are going to dry out too quickly. If it's too cold, then they're going to freeze. So you see what I mean, right? All of these stars have to align perfectly in the right order in order for this super bloom to happen. And on average, it's unpredictable, but on average... Once, about every 10 years or so, all of this happens in the right sequence. And suddenly, the desert, or to use Isaiah's language in our scripture, the the wilderness transforms into a sea of wildflowers. Hear the words of the prophet again, the first two verses. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom like the crocus. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. Does that not sound like a super bloom to y'all? I mean, like when I read that, I could not help but think of this super bloom. The last time that it happened was in 2019. So I think we're going to have to wait a little while before it happens again. These uh, these first verses that we read in our scripture, like many of Isaiah's visions and like the two that we have read the previous two weeks in Advent, they take place in the future. Isaiah is casting vision for some future that we don't know exactly when it is, but he is saying at the fulfillment of time, these are some of the things that are going to happen. This is what God is going to do. But what what I like about this passage in Isaiah 35 is that though we may not know when this is going to take place, we know where this is going to take place. And he tells us it's going to take place in in the wilderness. And I really don't think that this detail in in the prophet's words here are, are incidental because this location of wilderness comes with a whole, lot of biblical baggage what I mean by that is that over the course of biblical history over the course of the story of our faith a lot happens in the wilderness and the fact that God's promise resides there the fact that it's going to undergo this level of transformation that joy is actually possible in this place that we call the wilderness I think that's worth us leaning into just a little bit this, this morning. That word, wilderness, it's midbar in Hebrew. It, it has a whole lot of meanings for, for Israel and for the Israelites. I did a quick scan through some of the narratives that we find in the Old Testament to glean some of those for us this morning so that you can see exactly what I mean by that, because I wanted you to be able to visualize some of these things. The wilderness is a place where people run when they are in trouble. Remember the Israelites flee from Pharaoh in Exodus and they make their way into the wilderness, the place where Pharaoh would not follow them. It's a place that's populated by deadly animals. We find that in Deuteronomy water is scarce there in other words there is no water and not only that but crops do not grow there it's dangerous for many many reasons not only because of the animals but because there's no way really for humans to survive in the wilderness for a long period of time and it's wide it's huge once you find your way in the wilderness it's really hard to make your way out of the wilderness it's a very easy place to get lost and end up dying So historically, right, if we just look at the story, I think it is pretty safe to say that the wilderness is not a place of joy. Don't you feel like that's safe to say? But here in Isaiah's vision, this this future tense that Isaiah is pulling us towards here this morning, this place of desolation, this place where nothing grows, a place where humans aren't even supposed to be, right? A place where things go to die, this place sings. That's what Isaiah tells us. This wilderness, this desolation, it sings with joy. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. I feel like we read texts like this in Scripture so often that, that we just allow that to wash over us without having an effect on us. But that is so transformative for us i believe the prophet declares that an earth that seems to be a rung dry wilderness with all the baggage that comes with it that that place will be joyful that it'll be full of new life and full of new growth and full of fresh fruit that there'll be a whole river that flows through there and then, in true Isaiah fashion, the vision shifts, and suddenly it becomes a little bit more a little bit more personal because he goes from focusing on the earth to focusing on people. He shifts from focusing on dry land to focusing on weak and frightened bodies. Remember, the prophet shows us a pair of hands that have grown weak and soft they can 't hold anything anymore they, they can 't do the work that they want to do the prophet shows us a pair of knees that that can't carry the weight anymore they give way to staggering and stumbling the prophet shows us a people who have anxious hearts and anxious minds and are motivated by fear and entrapped in a cycle that they can't seem to find their way out of and he tells us that that the hands will be strengthened that the knees will be made sturdy that that fear will be cast out that That the lame will dance, that the blind will see, that the deaf will hear, that that the speechless will sing, that, that waters will flow despite the wilderness. What I realized this week is that what the prophet is trying to tell us here in this vision is something that we see all over Scripture. That present circumstances have never prevailed over the joy that comes from God. Present circumstances have never, never prevailed over the joy that comes from God. Don't get me wrong, I saw all of that negative baggage that the wilderness carries in the story of our faith, but there's also some really cool things that happen in the wilderness for people of faith. Despite all of that baggage that the wilderness carries, in our scriptures, the truth is that the wilderness is where God's people learned to trust. It was in the wilderness that God carried them. It was in the wilderness that God gave them bread to eat when they couldn't find any, and water to drink when when there was none. It was in the wilderness that God led them with a billow of smoke to make sure that they could find their way and go where God was leading. It was in the wilderness that That God promised that he was never going to leave them or forsake them. Present circumstances, no matter what they might be, have never stopped God's work and movement in our world. Especially in the lives of people who are seeking to follow him. I think what this passage shows us as a people of faith during this season of Advent, I think what our faith story shows us when we go back and read the narrative, I think what the coming of Christ reveals to us this season of Advent is that God can and God will transform any circumstance into a source of joy. I don't think you'll be surprised to hear that when that super bloom happens right when when all of the predictors are actually right in saying that this may be the year when it actually does happen that all of those interstates that run by those desert fields that they all literally turn into parking lots they have to close the roads that hundreds of thousands of people flock just to try and get a glimpse of the wildflowers of the abundance and of of the joy that people rent helicopters so they can fly over the desert to get a better look at all of these flowers that hikers and vehicles get stuck in the mud as people try to make their way into the midst of this bloom and that all of the park rangers have to work overtime as they try and just protect the flowers for as long as they can but for all those people you see what's happening right for for just a moment for them everything else fades into the background circumstances if only for a moment suddenly they just don't matter as much as they as they used to because they are consumed they're consumed with just getting a piece of the joy that they know are with those with those flowers i don't know for some for some reason, I think coming home to joy for us this season may look a whole lot like those folks just trying to get a glimpse of those, of those wildflowers. I think it may look a whole lot like a people in the wilderness hearing the words of the prophet and believing him that joy is coming. I think for us, maybe it looks like a people who live in a world full of, of hungry, anxious, stressed fearful folks that are just looking for a savior that are just looking for hope i wonder what would happen if just for a moment we were able to trust that promise that we find in the scriptures and that we find all over our faith story that that joy is coming what if we believe this season of advent that when the christ child comes he will bring with him that kind of of joy. Look, I, I, don't know, I don't know what your wilderness is this, this season. I don't know what that circumstance is for you. I don't know how dry your desert soil feels as you wait for the coming of the Christ child. I, I don't know for you how thick the fog may seem as you try and look to the manger, but it just seems like somewhere that may be, may be out of reach. I don't know what it is for you that's keeping you from leaning into that childlike joy that we can look back and remember during this season, but for some reason we just can't find it right now as adults. Whatever it is for you, this is what I hope you'll be reminded of this morning, that that this season, this season of Advent, this season of preparation and, and of waiting is about knowing and believing and trusting that no matter where we find our No matter what our wilderness is We can trust that God is going to come to us That the Christ child is coming to fill the manger that the bloom is actually coming We can trust as a people of faith that that joy is coming And the good news for us this morning is that is that the wait is almost over That that drought that the seeds need, that that drought has ended, that the cold weather has has left us, that the rainy season has come to a close. And that if you look closely, if you get down on your hands and knees and you look at that soil, I think what you'll see is some green sprouts beginning to push their way through that cracked desert soil. Yet another sign to us that the Christ child is coming And when he arrives and the shepherds follow that star and that young married couple is doing their best to make a stable feel like home for the night, and when finally, friends, that manger is filled with a baby, my hope is that we won't miss it. And instead, we might actually this year come home joy. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hey friends, I just wanted to take a moment and say thank you for tuning in to our message this week in the gathering. We hope you found it meaningful and life-giving. As always, you're invited to join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. either in person here in the chapel or online. If you want to know more about who we are at Bluff Park United Methodist Church, you're invited to check out our website, There you'll find out who we are, what we have going on, and how you can be a part of it. As always, friends, if there's anything that we can do for you, you're invited to reach out to us. We are here to help you and support you in any way that we can. We hope that you're having a great week, and we look forward to seeing you soon.